This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. Man, it's interesting um, when we talk about, it brings us joy when we talk about Jesus coming as a child, right? But when, Brother Mike, when we start preaching about Jesus coming again, it gets tight. <laughs> you think about that. We talk about baby Jesus and all this stuff, and we give presents, right? And you may give a gift, you may receive a gift, and you get a card, and we receive it with all joy. But when it comes to talking about the coming of the Lord again, everybody gets tight. It, not everybody. Some people get tight. Because we don't want to receive that like we did the first coming. When we talk about Jesus and walking on heavens, uh, walking in heaven and walking on streets of gold, we should receive that with the same kind of joy as him coming as a child. Well, I got mm -hmm, five people shaking their heads. And um, maybe because I'm hitting something right there. I don't know. Um, Let's go to Matthew chapter number one, and I think I said two, but we'll go to one, and um, I feel like we need to start verse number 18. I have um, kind of be just very transparent with you, like I'm always that way all the time anyway, but um, I'm changing my, met- my methods of, of ministering the gospel. Um, we're going to just get into the word of the Lord and um, see where the Lord takes us here. Do I have scriptures? I got four pages of notes. Y'all don't worry about it, but... Um, it's better than the other night. I had 15. Um, but uh, they're tucked behind my Bible because the Word of God comes first. And we're going to get into Matthew chapter number 1, verse number 18. It says, Now the birth of Jesus was on this wise. Let me say wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say, I love that scripture. Jesus was just not an ordinary child. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. All right? Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to take to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Verse number 22. And now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord, by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted, God with God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and he knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. How many of you are thankful for the name of Jesus? I'm thankful for the name of Jesus. Uh, we think about 
Jesus coming. And I, I may not preach. I'm just going to maybe teach, maybe get to preaching just a little bit. But um, I, I, I want us to give, a, give an idea, get our thoughts on the scripture as a, in the context of Jesus coming during this time. Now, we find in scripture, you can find in the book of Luke that Caesar, his name was what? Augustus, um, you can look at the Hebrew names, or not the Hebrew names, but the, uh, the, uh, the um, Greek name, and he was, a, he was a Caesar that had conquered many things. He was a man of mighty power. He, was, he conquered Mark Anthony. He conquered portions of the world. Um, he had a vast empire. Everybody said he had an empire, a big empire. He had a large empire of but he had um, he, he ruled all these areas but he allowed relegated kings like King Herod to control their own area and he was kind of a, a hands-off Caesar because if something went wrong in a certain area he could blame that person and 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 blame that person and and then he could remove them or kill them or whatever the case may be he was kind of like a uh, um, you know you, you, you work your own area to your own peril and they were fearful of, of Caesar. They were, it was a very uh, a difficult time even for the kings at that time. And even in the kings, they were very corrupt. They were very uh, harsh. And we'll find out in Scripture, uh, maybe as we go along here, how terrible King Herod was. It was not a great time to come in our own minds. It may have been, a, it said, Lord, why did you come now, why did you wait till a, there was a terrible Caesar, and why uh, it was a, the world was being conquered by a certain government, and um, there was a why was uh, you coming at this time when King Herod was wroth? Why didn't you come uh, as a king robed with authority? Why didn't you come as 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 a king to to set up your own throne? Why didn't you come as a strong, strapping man to come and to? Save the people from the world. And why did you come as a child? A child in the midst of a kingdom, in the midst of, a, of an empire that, that was strong and had, had, had great animosity towards the, the children of Israel. That had, had a, it was a very tough time, I guess you could say. It was an evil time. where The Lord had been absent, the Bible teaches us, from Malachi. Into, um, in between Malachi was written until Matthew was written until the time that Jesus come. Some would say 400 years. Some say 465. Some would even say it was even further up to close to 500 years between the Lord coming and him speaking to his people in the book of Malachi. But we find that there's an absence of the presence of God and, and an absence of God dealing with people, not from the presence, but dealing with people. And we find that uh, Jesus began to come in this time, which is very interesting. The Bible teaches us that with uh, milk and honey, well, uh, this young man, uh, Jesus, would be, would be eaten, would, would, would need, to, need to eat from. And there was all these things that were, were, were throughout the Old Testament to the New Testament that, that had prophesied about what his diet was going to be, about what his uh, surroundings were going to be and where he was going to come. And even in that time, people were uh, perhaps even set back about this king named Jesus that came as a child. Child is something that is very... Um, vulnerable. Child needs protection. Child needs care. A baby needs the loving, loving arms of a good father and a good mother. We find that Jesus came not as a king 
in the sense of what we would understand as a king, but he came as a child. And when people began to recognize that Jesus was here, people came from far and wide to come and see him. We see that played out in the shepherds that would come. We came that came to worship him. We see that the wise men, the three kings, they came to worship him from afar. There were people come far and wide to worship him, and that upset the rulers of that day because people began to declare that there a new king had come to this land, if you will, to this countryside. King Herod had no doubt he had, uh, we find in scripture that he was so upset about this, but he was very deceitful in his actions because he asked the wise men that came, he said, uh, when he comes and when you find him, won't you come and tell me about it? And when you tell me about it, let me come and worship him. But that's not really what it was about. He was trying to get to Jesus so he could kill him. He's thinking that I can take on a child. I can take on a so-called king if he's in a manger or if he's in a cradle. If he's just got, he didn't have Roman soldiers around him. He didn't have soldiers. He didn't have a, he didn't have a kingdom. He didn't have anything. But unbeknownst to King Herod, he did have a kingdom. I said unbeknownst to Caesar, he did have a kingdom. And he came down to this earth for rightly take his place in the kingdom of his own or his own kingdom. He came down to die for us. He came down because he loved us. He came down as a child to kind of usurp the authority of all things. He came as a child, a child king, if you will, a child, uh, a child uh, that was going to manifest himself in such a way that kings would be dethroned, that lives would be altered, people would be healed, people would be changed, people would be challenged, people would, would walk differently after they encountered this precious Jesus. We find, that at, uh, we find that the kings, when they came to see Jesus, they worshipped him and they gave him gifts. They gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They gave him those wonderful gifts not only just to show them, but also a way of provision for their journey ahead, for the things that they were going to come, come up against. But we find that these kings had to leave differently than what they came because they encountered Jesus. They went out a different way than what they came in. They began to see that this is truly the Son of God. This was the true king. So when you encounter the king, you're going to walk differently. You're going to go a different way than what you have and I pray that today that something in this service, something in this message here today, that when you encounter the king, that you will walk out differently than what you came. We find in Matthew chapter number two. Let's go to Matthew chapter number two. Um, excuse me, let's go to chapter number three. And we find that Jesus had, had with Mary and Joseph, had gone to Egypt find that they had gone to a place of hiding, if you will, because um, Herod was out to kill him. And we find that in chapter number 3, we advance in time just a little bit here, that John the Baptist, it says, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. He preached something, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way. Of the Lord, make his paths straight. 
I wonder if he was talking about his run to Egypt. He's gone different places. He, he has gone to the links to hide himself. Mary and Joseph have kept him hid from the crowd. But we're going to make his paths straight today and we're going to make sure that when he walks on this land and when he begins to walk into your life our paths need his paths needs to be made straight and he said and the same john had his raiment of camel's camel's hair and leather and girdle about his loins and his meat was locusts and wild honey and then went out to him jerusalem and all judea and all the region around about the jordan and were baptized of him in jordan confessing their sins Verse number 11, popular verse of scripture, says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly or thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Somebody say fire. Fire of the Holy Ghost, the fire of the presence of God will separate the chaff from the wheat. It will separate the hardness from the pliable or those that are, that are willing to be submitted to the, the things of God versus the ones that will have a hardened heart. The Holy Ghost is the thing that will purge us. The Holy Ghost is the thing that will, that will challenge us. The Holy Ghost is the thing that will fill us and give us the power of his presence. There is something to be said for those who are willing to be submitted that he is the king of glory. He is the king of glory. Find in these couple chapters here a, 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 a start of Jesus' coming. Him being uh, coming to this earth, uh, the birth of Christ at Bethlehem of Judea. Why Bethlehem? Why did he come there? We, why did all these things happen? Why did Jesus come as a child and all these things? But I'm, I'm here to tell you, it doesn't really matter sometimes how he came. It's because of who he is. That's why he came. Rachel deny. Uh, let me back up here. Let's go to the book of Ruth. Let's do this. Let's go to the book of Ruth, chapter number four, verse chapter number four, verse number sixteen. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. And the woman said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman that this name may be famous in Israel, and he shall be under thee a restorer of thy life and a nourisher of thine old age. For thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath borne him. And Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom, and she, be and she began, began, became nursed unto it. And the woman her neighbors, and the women her neighbors gave it a name, saying, there is a son born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse or the, and the father of David. Now these are the generations of Pharaoh. Pharaoh beget Hezron, and Hezron beget Ram, and Ram beget Amenadab, and Amenadab beget Nashon, and Nashon beget Salmon, and Salmon beget Boaz, and Boaz beget Obed, and Obed beget Jesse, and Jesse beget David. We find that there is a uh, there is a generations that go on here. I think it's seven or fourteen. Excuse me, seven generations that happen here, and we find it in Matthew chapter number one. More generations of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We find that Jesus came. 
through a lineage of people that were broken, the people that were hurt, the people that were, that were perhaps an outcast, if you will. It does not matter what your background is. It matters who you call your Lord and your Savior, who is Jesus Christ. It does not matter where you're from. It does not matter what things have cursed your life. It does not matter if you are on the backside of a desert and have lost it all, or if you have everything there is to have in this world. Jesus came and died for you. Somebody say amen. Luke chapter number 2. Luke chapter number 2. Let's go to chapter number 1, excuse me. This is scripture that, I, that halted me last night, and I stopped, and I began to think about this scripture. Um, and I've read this scripture, and I've heard my father read this scripture, but it spoke to me very powerfully last night. And there were in the days of Herod the king of Judea a certain priest named Zacharias. Um, everybody say he was a priest. That's a very important part of the story. And of course of Abia, of the course of Abia. And his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child because that, because that Elizabeth was barren. And they both were now well stricken in years. Sounds like the story of Abraham. Sounds like the story of Abraham. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course. In other words, he had a job to do. He was a priest in the tabernacle. Zacharias had a duty of the Lord. The Bible says that he was righteous before God. And he continued to walk in all the commandments and the ordinances of the Lord. So it came to pass while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. Now, we stop here for a second because Zacharias, um, he, 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 no long, he, he prayed perhaps every day that he could have a child with his wife Elizabeth. Knowing that she was barren, he would like that incense. He was doing the duties of the Lord and praying. Let me say that again. He was doing the diligence and the duties of the Lord and remained and walking in all the commandments and ordinances and remained blameless and still did the duties of the Lord. He kept on doing what the word of God said to do. In the midst of heartache, in the midst of wanting something, desiring something, he still did the duties of the office of what God had called him to do. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. There's something beautiful when you begin to pray and you begin to offer a nice smelling savor unto the Lord. There's something beautiful when you have an obedient man of God, an obedient woman of God, praying and burning incense unto the Lord and praying unto God. God will answer your prayers. 
I said, God will answer your prayers. And there appeared unto him as an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of answer. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. Somebody say John. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. I'm going to read on two more verses. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah or Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and and the disobedient to the wisdom uh, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. We notice that Zacharias, he was in that tabernacle. He was in that place burning incense and praying. Never before had there been a visitation in the place of incense. That, that, that they never, he had never seen an angel come to the place of incense because that was reserved for the, the, the high priest that would go into the holiest of holies and the presence of the Lord. But it was startled him that an angel would visit him at the place of the incense. It startled him. It, it began to, it, it shook him to his core, if you will. And say, okay, I've been praying, but why are you coming up to me now? It, 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 I, I don't usually get a visitation like this. I don't get a visitation. That's reserved for the high priest. But something was about to change in Zachariah's life. Let me tell you, when you're praying and when you're living for the Lord and you're doing the things of God, God will show up in unexpected ways. God will show up in a way that you may not understand, that may be out of the ordinary, that maybe uh, you're not prepared for. But I'm here to tell you today that if you continue in the commandments of God and you continue in the ordinances of God and you keep offering up a sacrifice of prayer and a sacrifice of praise, that sweet-smelling Savior will come back to bless you. That sweet-smelling Savior will come back to be a provider Unto you, the Lord will be that provider unto you. The Bible says, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice. I'm talking about births here, different births that, are, that happened that have changed the course of humanity, that have changed the course of, of, of the people, people that were ready and willing to make a call, have a call of God on their life. And John the Baptist began to preach and to uh, preach the message that says, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, you must repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Zacharias received that word from the angels to make ready a people prepared for the Lord, that this child was going to be the one. When I look up the word John, when I look up that name, when I look up that, the definition of the name, it means grace. The Lord's grace is provided. The Lord provided John the Baptist to provide an avenue and a way of an escape to do the things of God so that people's life could be changed. Ladies and gentlemen, there are people that God has birthed in this church, the people, people, people in this church that God has brought here for a specific time, for a specific place. And God wants to show himself mighty through people that will be willing to, 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 to listen to the word of God, to, to do what the word of God says, and, and to live out what God says, and live out what his presence is teaching us so that we may be mighty in this time that we 
live. I am wondering today, are there any Johns in the house? Or are there any people in the house today that will say, I will do the call of the Lord? Find that when King Herod was so upset about Jesus coming, this child was about to make the largest impact in history. Nobody knew the, 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 the avenue or nobody knew the weight of, of what was about to transpire. Nobody knew exactly what was really going to happen. And King Herod became fearful and afraid of the situation. He became fearful of this child and wanted him gone because it was, it was challenging his authority, challenging his, his, his rightful place in the kingdom. He did not want anybody else serving any other master or calling anybody else king. He did not want anybody else to worship another god. It was disturbing to him that kings and shepherds would follow him. It was disturbing to him that a star would mark the place of his birth. Ladies and gentlemen, the devil does not want you worshiping any other thing other than himself. He, he wants you to be submitted to the world and the wickedness of the world and the things of the world. If the devil could do anything, he would st stop you dead in your tracks and to keep you from worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. He would do whatever it takes to make sure that your life is not worshiping God. But some of us don't understand who God really is. We don't understand who Jesus really is. I find it very interesting that when every time that I've, and I've maybe mentioned this last week, that every time somebody in Scripture is in the presence of Jesus, their life changes. Let me say that again. Every time that someone encounters Jesus, their life changes. Their life changes. Now you say, well, well there were some people that didn't believe and walked away. Their life changed. They, they, they walked with they walked out of there not believing. Their life changed. When you deny God, your life changes. Let me say that again. If you, you deny God, your life will change forever. But if you accept God as, as, as mighty and holy and as righteous and, and merciful and, and, and a provider and a healer and, and, and a savior, your life will be changed forever. Everywhere in scripture. You name a story, life's changed. You say, well, pastor, they, 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 they just, uh, you know, picked out stories and they begin to write them. And, and, of course, lives people change. They gave us these specific examples. But the Bible says everywhere the Lord went, everywhere the Lord went, people changed. Their lives were altered. Their lives were, 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 were changed to, in a moment. The Bible teaches us to, um, let's go to the book of John. Let's go, in, go to the book of John. book of John here today. It's the first verse of the first chapter. These first five, five verses here, maybe a little bit more. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, uh, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. All were things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Verse number 5. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. When Jesus came to this world, this world could not comprehend. Let me say that again. When Jesus came to this world, they could not comprehend. And this is where when God begins to speak into our lives, there are some things we will not comprehend. 
When God begins to shine his light and his love and his presence into our life, there are certain things we may not comprehend. The Bible says his ways are above our ways. The thoughts are, are beyond our thoughts. We don't have, but Jesus, when he came to this earth, it confounded the wise. It confounded the wise. It caused people to, to, to think, what in the world's going on? How did, this, how did this baby change everything on this earth? Because when Jesus, his light, begins to shine in a dark world, the dark world cannot comprehend exactly who he is. It can't comprehend it. Therefore, I may not understand everything there is to know in the Word of God, and I may not understand everything there is to know about Jesus. But one thing I do know, that He is better than I could ever be, and His name is higher than my name ever shall be, and I can't wash away sins, but He can, and I can't heal, but He can. I can't do miracles, but He can. I can't change blinded eyes to opened eyes. I can't do it, but Jesus can. And I can't make it to heaven on my own works, but I can do it through his perfect work of the cross. That's, I can't understand how he's going to do it, but I know he is going to do it. And I find that there is a, I feel this in the spirit right now, and I feel as though that if I can say it the way I, I feel it right now, there are sometimes the Lord wants to shine his light into somebody, and because we don't understand it, because we, we're baffled by it, we put the brakes on. And we, 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 we put the stop sign up and say, Lord, that's just far enough. But the Lord is not just, not, Lord's not looking for, for stop signs. He's, he's looking for somebody that says, not my will, but thy will. Take all of me. Take everything I have. I give it to you, and you do with it as you will. I, in, in teaching Bible studies and talking to people about the Lord, there's a lot of confusion that comes in, there in, in people's minds. When you start talking about the light of the Lord shining in there, because nobody likes to nobody likes to admit they have a darkness in their life. Nobody likes to admit they have sin in their life. Nobody likes to admit that they have wrongdoings in their life. But when the Lord says, I want to shine my light into a darkness, dark world, and they may not understand it. But if you can just believe in my name, if you can just believe in who I am, that I have come with power, I've come with might, I've come with mercy, I've come with grace, and I'm about to blow your mind and blow everything out of this world by saying, I've come to redeem you, I've come to save you, I've come to give my comforter to you, I've come to give you grace. I've come to give you mercy. I've come to give you everything that you need in this life. Hmm. Let's read on just a little bit. Verse number, um, verse number 10. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, but the world knew him not. This is a very powerful scripture right here because we have a lot of Christians walking around not knowing who he really is. This is not a popular Christmas message here today, but I'm here to tell you there's a lot of people walking around not knowing who God really is. Let me say that again. We don't really know who God really is. If we did, as my dad always tells me, you'd act different. I said we'd act different. Our behavior would be different. My behavior would be different. I fall short many times over and over, but if I can get into the presence of God, my attitude changes. I said, my attitude changes. My life changes. The way I look at my wife changes. That's why she wants me praying, right? 
Uh, uh, she want to make, you want to make, it changes the way I look at my job. It changes the way I look at my family. It changes the way I look at the church. It changes the way I look at life in general because, oh, thanks be unto God for his benefits, uh, for his power, for his glory, and for forgiving me of my shortcomings. The Bible says he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. If you understand that he was in the world and the world was made by him and that he's not surprised by anything. What am I surprised about? I don't need to be surprised about the hardships. I don't need to be surprised about the heartaches. I don't need to be surprised about the joys and all the blessings of God. I don't need to be surprised at how God works. I just know everything was made by him and everything was made for him. And as it comes, God knows about it. So I might as well give it to him. And the sooner I give it to him, the better off I am. I said, the better off we are. Better off we are. Now, it does take time sometimes to work through things in our minds, but the sooner we can give it to the Lord and we get disciplined in it, we say, God, this is yours. This is yours. It changes my, per- my perception. It changes my outcome. It changes my thought pattern. It changes who I am. We find that people encountered the Lord. They walked out of there with a, not only a healing of their body, but they walked out of there with a renewing of their mind. Walked out there with a renewing of their mind. In the book of Acts, there was a man that walked, he was walking, or he was by the wayside, he was, he was, um, had uh, his ankles, his ankle bones were um, weak and he couldn't walk. And Peter and John began to walk to the temple and they said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ, rise and walk. Now, that's an incredible story But the really neat part of the story, and and, and what I like, is that when he got up on his feet, he he, he began to dance and began to praise the Lord. And then he began to go places and do things he'd never done before. Those that had an infirmity couldn't go into the temple of the Lord. So he got up on his feet, he began to worship the Lord, and he began to praise God and begin to get, and he walked and ran into the temple, worshiping and praising God. Now, his body was changed. But what about his mind? You think his mind was changed? I think his mind was changed just a little bit. He said, I have been in touch with an almighty God. His perception and his ideas or his thought pattern had changed that God can not only heal me, but he can allow me to gain access to a place that I have never been before. The world was made, was the, he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not he came unto his own verse number 11 and his own received him not now that that scripture right there is very powerful in itself that says he came into his own the people that called him lord that called him savior even the people that knew who he was really didn't know him because they received him not how many times do we get into the, to the house of God and we know God's here and we know God's presence is here and we have care things that we carry and miss situations and, and, and family things and heartaches and pains, but we know God is there, but we receive him not. We not, don't allow ourselves to receive him and he can't receive us because perhaps a lack of faith. But the Bible says, verse number, but as many as received him, to them he gave power. Gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now, 
this is probably more of a Bible study, and I'm almost done because this is, these three verses here is where we need, to, we need to be as a church. To understand that he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the, and, and the world knew him not. And he came into his own, his own received him not. But here's the, here's the kicker for the next, next, this next year, perhaps, of this church. But as many as received him, to them gave he power. It's very interesting that God would only give power to those that really receive for who he is. I don't know about you, but I want the power of God in my life. I want the presence of God in my life. I want to be like Peter and John. And I want to be like Jesus, that when people need prayer, I can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I, I want to be renewed with the presence of God and renewed with the glory of God and the power of the Holy Ghost that I can walk in faith at all times. And I, I can walk with my head held high and say, I have been with Jesus. You know, there's, there's, there's something different. You ever walked into a walk into a restaurant by yourself and you never, you don't know anybody or you walk to a place of business, you don't know anybody, you're by yourself and, and there's a little bit of intimidation factor. Uh, it's like you don't know where to go, you don't know what's going on, you don't know anything about anything and you're just kind of finding your way. But if you walk in with people that know, know where to go and you walk in with an entourage, if you will, and, and yeah, I've been here before, let's go over here, let's do this. And there's, a, there's a knowing before you even get there. When you walk with the Lord, there's a knowing before you get anywhere. There's a knowing before you get anywhere. There's a knowing before you go through anything. There's a knowing before you're attacked by anything. There's a knowing before any situation. And I learned a hard lesson when my mother passed away because it was hard to have faith. It was hard to have, have faith in God. But let me tell you, I've learned a valuable lesson that says this, that, that says that I may go through tough times and I may have, have, but I know a God that owns it all, that has it all, and I receive his power to walk through every challenge in my life. I want to be a son of God. I want to be a man of God. I want to walk in faith. I don't want to walk in the flesh. I want to walk after the presence of God. I want people, to, the greatest compliment you could have is that somebody would say that he has been with God. He has been with the presence of the Lord. Let's stand together. This may be a little uncanny and of a message here today, but I think the end, as I think about the children that we've, John the Baptist that came and the story of Ruth and all these things, the, the lineage of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's kind of a, I shouldn't say, maybe crescendo is a, of, of this John, first chapter of John. It says this, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. There's, I can't do this, what I'm about to say. I can't do it. And all I can do is try to inspire people to do it. And that is to be in his presence. That's it. You know, we talk about wanting unity, making sure we have unity in the church. Um, and I, we had a great time at the Christmas party, but a Christmas party doesn't really give unity to the church. It just gets us together for, to have a time of fellowship and fun. It's all great and fine. And we had a great time. And 
had guests that come, was able to fellowship with them. It was great. But the really thing that's going to hold us together is the presence of God. That's the glue. In order for us to walk in power and strength and might, in order for us to do what God is going to call us to do in 2020, is that each and every one of us need to be in the presence of the Lord. Each and every one of us, and I, each and every one of us need to have a repentant heart and be in the presence of the Lord. I've seen too many people act like they're in the presence of the Lord, but they're really not, and they put on a, they put on a facade. And I'm just tired of facades. I'm just just want to be. And this is not directed to anybody. What I'm saying, I'm talking about us as a church. We have got to be mindful of being in the presence of the Lord. I preach this. There's a theme with a lot of things that I preach. And one of the things that I've preached four times since I started this church, it's the same message but different titles. Y'all don't know it. It's the same message. And that is we cannot be a, a Sunday church. We've got to be a Monday morning church. What does that mean? It means that we are in the presence of God, not just on Sunday, but on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. Praying, seeking the throne of God. Seeking the throne of God. Asking God for wisdom. Asking God. And I, I feel you praying. I know there are people, I so appreciate Brother Mike, when he, he, we were talking a couple weeks ago, and he said, Pastor, I've been praying for you. I, I need that prayer. I need the prayer because I'm a man who needs to be in the presence of God too. It's, I'm, and I'm, not, I'm subject to the same thing that, that I'm preaching here today. I need and long to be in God's presence. When those kings saw that star, I wonder, and I don't know how many years and how many months it was for their that ride and walk to Jesus. No, it was, it was at least a year or two that they walked to the Lord. The thing that, that kept them on that path to reach Jesus is we got to get in his presence. When those shepherds knew that Jesus had shown up, they longed to be in his presence. They were drove to, to be in the presence of the Lord. And the, this world is going to be like King Herod. He wants you not to be in the presence of that king. This world and the, and the devil's like King Herod. They don't want you to do anything in the presence of God. Oh, you can talk about him. Yeah, you can sing about him. Oh, you can show up if you want to, but don't get in his presence. Because in his presence, things will change. In his presence, things will change. The devil don't mind if you go to church, but he does mind if you begin to be in God's presence. And he, does, he minds because then Galatians 5 is going to show up in your life. You're going to start showing fruit that you had never seen before when you're in the presence of God. I long to be in his presence here today. Let's raise our hands. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.